this is normal where we have some type of shenanigans that happen before I say my thing. Can you no tell if I'm if this is close enough? Like by looking at your iPad? Thank you for providing my shenanigans. <laughs> yeah. No, I cannot. I can't read any of the information on this thing. Hopefully it'll be good. Welcome to Products of Grace, a podcast by Mercy Hill Church. My name is Lawson Harlow, and with me I have Don Terrell, I have Blake McCullough, and I have Drew Thomas. So, Don, what are we doing today? So today, while well, he changed the mood dramatically, <laughs> you're now entering I know. the no banter zone. What? We have had many people, including my <laughs> wife, hearing me sing, was thoroughly embarrassed. Rightfully he so. He said, you're taking it too far. I've heard other people say, we want to hurry up and get to the meat of the podcast. <laughs> but today, this podcast is for you. So today, we're going to discuss why there's no shenanigans with student ministry. Oh, okay. That's, that's wise. It is. So, I was... <laughs> Peering through the window into Twitter. Because uh, no, you don't have this one. Summer, this yeah, summer. This summer. This um, summer. Don't laugh too much. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Goodness, it's difficult. Can, can Jacob bleep, bleep out our laughing? <laughs> yeah, they need to bleep all our laughs out. All right. So, Costi Hen, who also said, Costi, this is dedicated to you as well, because he was also looking for a church planting podcast and he said give me one with no shenanigans. shenanigans he posted on twitter our student ministry grew 396 percent in six months leading up to covid here's what we did number one expository preaching number two singing sound doctrine parentheses no bethel number three live anonymous q a after every message with qr code youth pastors this is costy not me Youth pastors, stop acting like clowns. Be real, biblical, and love them. And he took some heat for that. Mm. So he wrote an article. Did he really? Yeah, he took a lot of heat for that. Uh, mm. That's got 616 shares. Yeah, that's good. That's 4,200 well hearts. They call that uh, retweets. Yeah. Retweets. <laughs> <laughs> for the elderly, I'm speaking to my people. Yeah. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> um, so the reason why we have all of us gathered today is to focus in on the reality that we, Mercy Hill, uh, late 2020 began planning for 2021, and we endeavored to uh, to chart a course into student ministry, hmm. ages 6 through 12. Great. Ages grade, 6 through 12. Me, excuse me. Um, <laughs> that would have been a struggle. So, I've heard from each one of you, and so I thought it would be good because uh, my wife was on Facebook the other day and saw the pictures that we had posted yeah. of the ministry, the students, and she was really curious about, well, how did they determine the groups, and what music, and it was just all this interest, it was just curiosity, and I was like, oh, this is, this will be good time spent together because I think it's an opportunity to highlight 
I mean, this podcast obviously is for the uh, Saints at Mercy Hill. So if your children aren't coming, your students aren't coming, or they're not bringing a friend, uh, you may have found yourself curious and wanting more information on it. And is that and more about like what we're doing all year long, when we're meeting, how we're meeting, why we're meeting, and Costi, I think we've got you beat, bro, on the uh, growth. I mean, we may be at like three thousand percent. No doubt, no doubt. And I mean, I, I, think, I don't, what, I don't I know how percentages work. Like nineteen thousand percent. But yeah. we went from zero to nineteen. To zero. So yeah. yeah, that's a lot of percentages. Yeah. It is. That's mega growth. Nineteen thousand percent. Right. So Blake. So Don. Tell us. What are the things that we are focused on in student ministry primarily this season? Tell the people first, what's the, do you know the calendar by heart? Uh, no, but I, I have a good idea. Okay. So we, we like to provide rest within our calendar here at Mercy Hill. So we've created a, a calendar in which... We have a month of student worship on Wednesdays. That will be happening in January. Then we have an event the next month for students. So that would happen in February. March, we have our full-on church Wednesday nights. And then we just start over. So in April, we'll have student again, student event in May. Something happens in June or July. It gets gets iffy in the summer, and the last student worship is in... uh, October, leading up to Reformation Day. We have a document that has all this written down. Yeah, and it should be in your hands or on your, maybe it's on your refrigerator. We gave it to you. Yeah. In their inbox. Wonderful listeners. Yes, or in your your inbox. I'm sure they're all on the refrigerator right next to their children's paintings. Yeah, probably. So, like you mentioned, maybe a couple of episodes in the past around I don't know, I was struggling with, or you were contemplating, struggle is probably not an accurate word, but you were contemplating like uh, what you were going to teach on. And it was mm-hmm. like, was it going to be thematic? or? And you, 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 had a, you had a moment of remembrance of like what was core. So share that. So I, I just, anytime you start something new, it's like, what am I going to do to make this interesting, I guess, which is not necessarily a good thing wholesome thought. Um, so I kind of came to this moment of like, why would I try anything weird? Like, why not just start going through something and go through it? So that's what we did going through Genesis and it's been helpful. I'd say, um, Lawson and I were here for the most recent one that we had. And, um, he leaned over and said to me, he was like, you know, I've been at, numerous different churches and every time we focus in on student ministry and I, I told him he's like when I was leading student ministry or I was in student ministry I was like I can't fathom you in student ministry <laughs> same. I don't know why same can you say like, like I know I it existed but there's, I literal, there's literal talk about a fish out of water there's literal testimonies of people who are here at this church from my first student ministry God is faithful absolutely <laughs> all right to share what you were, what that I did the same thing I do now. Yeah, like people were questioning you, like like go through that. Yeah, so, paradigm. Er, so I had like I don't know I had like two or three run-ins while I was doing student ministry. The first was run-ins. Explain that. Like like people I had people, have a, I had people, people have who, a methodology. Yeah, right? I had, yeah. People expected and certain things. I think parents things. too. Like I want to touch on this. I think yeah. parents like 
when it's like uh, I, I have a good buddy who's like really frustrated with the student ministry that his kids were involved yeah. in because it was like they weren't um, they weren't doing like all the social stuff they weren't going yeah. to people's houses they weren't having pizza parties and all right. that and so anyways yeah so when I first started doing student ministry I was convinced that the word was sufficient that you make disciples and you go from there and so that's what I did so we did like the first I think the first thing I ever did in student ministry was preach through the book of John. <laughs> more, so more, are we just a big student ministry? Absolutely, yeah. It, well, when you do the same thing in every category, it's like, <laughs> I'm just going to repeat this. It seems to work. Um, and so, like, we did that. We did apologetics. We did, um, you know, things like that. I remember I had one lady ask me, she was like, what are you trying to prepare these kids for? I said, philosophy 101. Real life. Mm. And they were like, Oh, that makes sense. That makes mm. sense. And so, yeah, we just did the same thing we do now. Uh, one of my first students named Danny Ruth, who is still a friend, but he's apostatized from the Baptist faith to the Presbyterian one. Um, <laughs> That's a strong word. Wow. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of an in, inside joke, but... No jokes. Yeah, no, that it really did happen. It's just... <laughs> it's just a the, no the word, the no word. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he uh, he still remembers a time that I preached through um the word had in um in galatians one and he we still kind of joke about that because i did an hour sermon on the word had on the word had yeah wow was it fruitful or were you like chasing a rabbit he re- no, no no like it oh. was intentional oh whether it's fruitful or not i don't know maybe it's why he's a presbyterian now <laughs> <laughs> so i told my daughter um the topic because i had not shared it with i shared it with drew t Trutee's here because he uh, is committed to leading the faithful uh, music ministry to students <laughs> as well as for us on Sundays. Uh, but I was telling Noel, I was like, here's the episode. Like, it's going to be no banter, no shenanigans as a tip of the cap to the students because we should not be about gimmicks and shenanigans. And she was like, like shaking her head up and down, like, yes, like, yes. <laughs> so... Why, I mean, I, why does that resonate? Why does that resonate with students? Like, why, like, you know, I grew up going, and Drew, weigh in on this, my youth experience, because Drew and I are both about the same age, so we came up in the 90s. Yeah, baby. Where we were all about maybe youth group, and there's nothing wrong with playing games and stuff, but it was like, that's what I remember. I remember, like, Chubby Bunny. Ugh. You know this same. game? I don't know that We game. did that in, in kids' ministry when oh, I was yeah. growing up. I don't remember that game in particular, but I do remember. What was your youth ministry experience? Well, small town for sure, and and uh, my youth minister had one of the biggest impacts really on me as a as a young guy. Um, took me under his wings. Um, but there were times there were the Super Bowl parties and the Halloween parties and things like that. Um, I wouldn't say so much shenanigans. I think I was I was blessed in that. Good, good. But also, kind of fluffy. Biblical teachings. Yeah. Fluffy. That's what was amiss. Fluffy Bunny. And then Fluffy. What? <laughs> Sorry. It was Fluffy. Chubby Bunny. Chubby, Chubby bunny. bunny. Fluffy Bunny. My bad. <laughs> kind of the opposite of, of Lawson's methodology. <laughs> of just preaching the word. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I recall being in youth ministry and hearing the word preached, but it seems like the overarching theme was always flashiness. It was it's, entertainment. It's marketing. Game. Yeah, bait and switch, and also yeah. the truth was and trips. Sorry, yeah, truth was attempted to 
they, they had, there was an attempt to bring the truth down mm-hmm. to an adolescent level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean that, that I really missed, missed that in, at that point in life. Hmm. Like what was your experience? I had a great youth group experience. I actually spent a couple hours there and I with my old youth pastor this week and just like hung out with he and his family. And I mean, he, he taught me the word faithfully. He discipled me. Like after Wednesday night church, I went to his house and we talked about theology for an hour and like he discipled me through that and gave me my first opportunity to preach. Like he was, it was a great experience. I mean, there are shenanigans. Yeah. And he, uh, he's a, an elder, the lead pastor at a church now that a lot like ours. Hmm. So that's awesome. There was plenty of shenanigans, but it was. You can say solid. his name. You can give him a shout out. Nathan Pellegra Nathan is Pellegra. his name. Look give him honor up. to him. Honors do. Lawson, what about you? My youth group experience. Yeah. So I avoided youth group until I was fifteen. I was converted when I was fifteen. My youth pastor actually played a pretty vital role in that. Um, and then the thing that I probably missed was discipleship. So like I was converted, and then. Uh, the youth pastor I had was, I I think safe to say, actually, probably the best go get them in that I've mm-hmm. ever seen to date. Like he started that when that youth group started, like the previous guy had left, he had come in as an interim. And I promise you that youth group went from like 15 to 106 overnight. I kid you not. Um, but there was a lot of, there was a lot of gimmick. Like, I'll never forget the Wednesday night where I walked into the youth room and an entire forest was in there. And I know that you're thinking to yourself, oh, no, he just put up some trees. No, he cut down a whole forest. It would be like this stage being completely covered in trees, top to bottom with, like, underbrush, all that. I kind of what I want to do at Christmas. I'm serious. No. Yes. Um, So, no shenanigans. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you. If you could. um, (laughs) Dial it down. The... uh, so he he was, but I remember his sermon was on Romans twelve, and right. all I remember about the sermon was there were two guys that were in camouflage hiding in the woods the entire time, and it was like don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Wow, yeah, that was a lot of prep time. For yeah, that you could message. have just read the verse, right? But, yeah, but you so, know, wow. So but I remember the visual. I don't. It doesn't really apply to it anyway. Anybody encounter um, a ministry by the name of Young Life in their community? I had friends who did it once I got to college. Oh, okay. I was just yeah, curious. I missed it. No, no, Drew says no. Lawson says no. What? Are you about to clarify? No. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a, if, you're, if you're not familiar with it, it's a parachurch ministry that focuses on youth, and there's actually uh, there's actually paid staff that report. I think they're headquartered in Colorado, but they come along and go into the schools mm-hmm. and essentially um, – like one night a week, what they I, th- I think it's called having club. Yeah, I don't remember. And then, so. and then the whole the whole opportunity is to go to camp, and so I, I've heard fruitful uh, things there. But I'm I just was so heard, like a centrifuge, kinda, but they but they were more on the ground. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To bootleg off of that, like a a lot of our youth minister ministry was based upon looking forward to camp, summer camp. Yeah. So we would go. Um, do a camp at Mississippi Gulf Shores Baptist Assembly every summer, which I, I cherished those memories. Ended up being a leader there uh, for a time, and then we, it was a student life, which was I guess became 
centrifuge or no, yeah, life still exists on animal yeah yeah and it for a while was i don't know what it is like I now but student life camp at maybe a union's campus would that have been at union's campus they, they did them a bunch of different places yeah. Yeah, most of the time they're toward the beach now we went to uh covenant college at lookout mountain mm. um yeah i was just thinking about young life because that strategy is outside the church it's in the lunch rooms and cafeterias where the kids are and everything's outside the church and i think it's just it's interesting to highlight uh, that that maybe what Costi was mentioning and and how we've you know our our endeavor is focused as as the church right mm-hmm. as ministering to families mm-hmm. and so we definitely want to see visitors grow and come and it's and it's welcome but it really is to develop the children of Mercy mm-hmm. Hill right mm-hmm. I mean would we all say yeah and so what what the experience needs to be in my opinion is um modeled after Sunday. I mean yeah. it is a it is a worship service. It's mm-hmm. one it's a it's a monologue uh yeah. where we hear the word preached, uh where we sing the word, the the singing actually serves the word and then we break out into into groups. Um many wanna... missional communities. Yeah. Kinda. Kinda. That's, that's exactly that's what they are. I was watching. Yeah, that's the that's the hope. So Costi's article that he wrote, to clarify, he says, many were asking me to flesh out the context of the steps that God used to grow our ministry. Of course, we all know that God causes growth and that numbers don't tell the whole story, but the point of the tweet was to illustrate that young people today are hungry for truth and solid teaching. Mm. Furthermore, the most important growth, parentheses spiritual, can happen when you use ordinary means, and so can numerical growth, though it's not guaranteed. Contrast that with many student ministry strategies today in youth ministry conference wisdom that insist on foolish antics, soundbite messages, tons of games, and an Xbox station to trigger growth. And you can see the dilemma that so many young leaders are faced with, pragmatism or faithfulness, manufactured growth or God-triggered growth. Mm. Any thoughts? 100 <laughs> percent i yeah. think we were i mean it kind of goes parallel with what our entire conversation just was mm. so he's he goes on to say what we focused on for us things happened to grow after we shifted gears and did these three things still anyone on our team would tell you that we'd be doing the same things for two students or two thousand mm. additionally our entire elder team was taking this approach with the entire congregation and other ministries as well here are the big three that we focused on and how we approach each one Number one, he says again, just to recap, major on expository preaching. Thoughts? Anything to add? Yeah, I think in the past when I was in student ministry full time, there was like this this question of like, why would you why would you spend all that time to preach expositorily to students, like? you don't need all that. Like it's, they just need a devotion. They need something. And it's like, what are we preparing them for? If they get seven years of devotions, what are we preparing them for when they, they don't have student ministry anymore and all they're adults. And that's, you know, they, we don't come on Sunday morning to hear a devotion mm-hmm. or a, or a sermonette or whatever, you know? So I think, I think it's vital for them to see the way that the, the word should be honored and treated. Yeah, Lawson, you mentioned something to me in the past, and it might have been in this setting, kind of my life all runs together, but you said, uh, when I preach, I'm teaching someone how to read their Bible. Yeah. Mm. 
And that's what I picked up Wednesday night being in here was the way um, that that you, Blake, approached the text from a macro perspective and then a micro. It's actually drawing them into the way in which you approach scripture. Mm. And, um, you know, to me that like, I've never thought this is just a new concept, I guess. I, I had never been, being, being under expository preaching. I never thought through the sermon teaching me how to read my Bible. Mm. Right. And yeah. I think sometimes those things are disconnected, but I thought, yeah, just a compliment. Like I thought Thank the you. way that you approached it was really helpful for yeah. the kids to understand how to just, open the, and i thought it was really uh really timely that you started in genesis yes know. yeah um Cassie says this i guess preaching uh expositorily to the kids to the students excuse me this doesn't mean that you can't preach topics or that there is no place for other approaches to certain subjects it just means you are always preaching what the bible says rather than what you think why are you shaking your head, Lawson? Uh, because of, because <laughs> of grade. I agree. Yeah. Expound. Well, I mean, if you're preaching to them what, so going back to you teach them how to read the Bible, if you open the Bible and you're like, hey, this is what the text says, and then you expound for 40 minutes what you think about something other mm-hmm. than what was read, then you're teaching them to ignore the actual text of the Bible and just mm-hmm. insert their thoughts into it. You're teaching them, um, as as one clever individual called it, narcissus, mm-hmm. which is let me read it and then insert myself into it. Mm-hmm which is a, a flawed and fatal reading that will permeate literally every time uh, their Bible reading every time they sit down, which is a long and lasting flaw. You mean we're not David? We are not David. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> the inside joke, sorry. <laughs> so I think Mercy Hill is a very attractive congregation to come serve in. Yeah. And I think churches like this are the same because the congregation has come to trust in the ordinary means. Costi mm-hmm. makes a really helpful point. He said, this methodology, you know, this strategy takes the ordinary means of preaching expositorily, takes work. Mm-hmm. If you're yeah. the youth pastor or preacher, don't spend half your week working on the skit for your promo video. Mm-hmm. Focus on your job to proclaim the truth. As so I was just thinking about, man, like what, how freeing is I, I'll be there's honest. nothing else I need to, I mean, look, I'm all about an icebreaker in my missional community and I, I do it and Your it's last fun <laughs> and it's, and I saw you do the same thing, Blake. There's yeah. an icebreaker to get mm-hmm. people talking, you know, I think there's value in that. Yeah. But I, I guess like it is their stress on those who serve in the gospel and that's their full time or bivocational, but they are laboring is there is there pre- I mean I would think that there would be pressure to come into an environment where it's like man I got to go pizza party bowling streamers games like I couldn't imagine man, I can like, 100% being tell like you a there grown is. like a grown person's daycare you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then the congregation coming to expect that that's the measure of faithfulness it's mm-hmm. a show yeah mm. that bleeds into worship too meaning Meaning, we then are inviting them to a concert rather than mm. worship of the yeah. triune God, mm. rather than teaching them to sing the truth, rather than serving mm. the preached word. Mm. 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 Um, before well, we, 
sorry. I'm no. just going to say before we move on to number two, which is the singing sound doctrine. Any, oh, any, yeah. Yeah, any final thoughts on expository? Well, you know, you talked about how exhausting that is. Like there was one church I served at where that was the expectation. The problem with the problem with marketing and using that as your primary means of drawing people in and using the bait and switch, which is what it is, is like you always have to one up. Mm-hmm. It's like the most laborsome and exhausting thing ever. And I told you that if, every week you got a top. Last uh, yeah, week. and like so. First of all, you all know me. <laughs> Am I really going to be able to do that? No. no. And I don't understand how anybody has the actual time to if they're spending time discipling people individually and also studying their Bible so that they can preach it. I am like the idea of having to come up with some type of shenanigan for Wednesday night mm-hmm. so that I can woo someone in. I that would take me more time than sermon prep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but the um. But that norm is just has become one of the most detrimental things, I think, to not only the church, but specifically the church, but in, in regard to youth ministry as well. It's like, oh, they tell me that I'm an adult everywhere else. Mm-hmm. They tell me, like, I'm mature. I can grasp calculus and physics, mm-hmm. and th- they can teach me the intricacies of evolutionary theory. And mm-hmm. I go to church, and they're like, hey, for the next 45 minutes to an hour, we're going to play um, a game. And I know you can't understand the complete the 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 depths of this verse. So let's do the let's do the um the the most narcissistic reading possible. Mm. It's it's like hey, just a reminder of your children. I think mm. that's what we do to them here, mm. not here here, but like say yeah, yeah. I always say when I was teaching fifth and sixth grade boys, when it was like a reminder of there will be no games, there will be no entertainment. <laughs> there was a king of Israel who was eight years old. Mm. Yeah, true. It's like I, I and I witnessed it. Like they, they have the ability. That's mm-hmm. how old you are, huh? Well, I mean, I got on their level. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you witnessed the eight-year-old king it. of. No, I was it. saying I witnessed fifth and sixth grade boys being able to grasp absolutely they deep can. theological truths and rejoice in it. Yeah, mm. so all people come to the Lord. So it's like, yeah, I was just gonna highlight. Like it's a, I think sometimes you you. You don't, I think churches don't understand like the, the weight that you're placing on your staff, if mm. you will, right? Those who serve when you set the bar and it's to a be weight, entertainment. Yeah. It's an, and it's a weight measured by preferences. Yep. Yeah. Just think about Which the transition into big church. I, that was, that's kind of what we called it, right? It was children's church and then you yeah. went to youth ministry and then you went into big church and it's like, Man, big church was like super boring, you know. Mm. Like when I was like slapped in the face with it. Gosh, man, can I go get a coke and some snacks? Because that's what I—that's the only thing I was doing (laughs) in children's church. You know, was like getting up, getting cookies, getting juice, getting—you know. And I mean, I mean, I think there's an age demographic where some of that is appropriate, Mm. but I think by and large, like, are is that laboring to prepare? What's funny about it is it molded church planning culture for a solid decade. Yeah. It's let's plant churches that look like youth groups. Guess mm. what that produces? Adolescents in their faith. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and I just want to say a disclaimer. Like, <laughs> we're we're not a perfect church. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I a lot agree. of times we, I mean, yeah. we, we come across as saying we're just coming from a perspective of like we're super grateful for what we have. <laughs> yeah. Mm. But I mean, you said in a prior episode, like, when when the sun sets on our lives, like people, people are going to yeah, for sure. Yeah. And look at it. But I think like what we're committed to mm. is the ordinary means. And I think yeah. it blesses both its hearer and its laborer. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to point out. And I think we're committed to 
to realizing that we're we're growing we're growing in grace yeah. as a, as a body mm-hmm. and changing yeah. yeah i was telling a uh i was telling dear brother yesterday i was having coffee mm-hmm. with him saying you know one of the things that the biggest uh the biggest growth for me or something you know that i had learned and come to appreciate more than anything is like when i when i had decided like what what stirred my heart's affection to come was um you know expository preaching the sound doctrine the reformed theology but what has what has kept me all of it has but more specifically the one surprise has been just the real community mm, that we've same. developed you know it's like and lawson you told me yesterday um close quarter christianity is messy yeah and so i think like that's true like we're all learning right to your point drew that we are growing up but i think what we're growing up into is right and good mm. um so costi's second point is singing sound doctrine and he says no bethel no jesus culture no hillsong but he goes on to say music is a huge part of every generation and this generation of teenagers to college students is no different Unfortunately, some of the most popular music music groups today are the most dangerous. We chose, for better or worse, not to cave to the culture and sing Bethel music, Jesus culture, or Hillsong for several reasons, but the main reason was that they are they and their apostolic leaders teach the prosperity gospel and or a heretical version of Jesus that headlines the new apostolic reformation. Mm. The decision took more work, more research, sacrifice, and some heat but the Lord honored it. Every week, parents and students can count on one thing. We sing music filled with sound doctrine from sources that do not teach heresy. Church money is not <laughs> purchasing music arrangements and tracks that are directly tied to funding heresy. Students are getting rich theology. As for methods and nuance, there is some flexibility, Drew, you'll like this. We have lights, bright and dim. Sometimes we're loud, sometimes we raise our hands, sometimes we pray deep in desperate prayers, and sometimes a band member writes a song and the team tries it out. Furthermore, we don't take the six degrees of separation approach with every song choice or band who played with one band who appeared with Bethel. It's first mm. degree false teachers we're steering clear of for now. Fair. Mm. I like that whole yeah. section, bro. I do too. Go and get your lights on, man. Yep. Give me that. You know, dim- I give was me that wondering what switch. happened to the give lights. Me- yeah. <laughs> Well, the dimmer switch is broke. Uh, it? I broke it. Did. I broke it after they put it in. <laughs> he took a hammer, dude. Yeah. Uh, He's so dogmatic not. over lights. He <laughs> sabotaged hey, it. Hey, really whoa, 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 whoa. We're laughing. Sorry. Sorry. Bring it back in. Bring it back. Sorry, students. I think he sabotaged it in a way where it would actually mess up when I was here, and he was not. Hmm. He MacGyvered it somehow. And Dang. I think if anybody knows me, they know I'm incapable of MacGyvering anything. <laughs> <laughs> it happened. It was purely an accident. Yeah. Yeah, Drew. The your labors in uh, the other really surprising like blind spot in my own life was the lack of focus around uh, being specific with music, you know? And it was like, I think I'd adopted the framework of, well, I'm singing it in the right context, you know? Mm -hmm. But then the more you unpack it, the more we talked about it, it's like, you know, and not to go back in time and talk about like why we don't sing it, but, um, to me, it's super important that, you know, you focus on sound doctrine, good, solid worship music. So any thoughts around why we sing the same songs on our student ministries that we do on Sundays? 
Because what we sing teaches. Yeah. I mean, I know that's a simple answer, but I'm the same as you. I mean, when, whenever, whenever my family decided to come along with Lawson, those things that you're talking about, those aha moments about worship, it was just by Lawson's discipleship and being in the Word and and seeking out resources like Sovereign Grace and Bob mm-hmm. Coughlin and others, uh, where um, learning and growing in discernment happened for me. Uh, and that's only been what three and a half, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, probably more than anything else you and I grew in that together early mm. yeah, yeah that was one thing a lot of people don't know is that your your personal growth in that Lawson I mean well I dramatically I mean I, it wasn't so much that I shifted as much as I was ignorant mm-hmm. like I just didn't know like the things Costi is talking about with those with those bands that we're not going to rehash right I mean he and I we walked we walked through that together yeah. we had to weed out some some songs mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. yeah we made <laughs> We made a policy that we have since become, I think, even a bit more strict on. Mm. Um, but that was, but that was costly for us. Mm. Yeah, costly. Meaning. I mean, people. Mm. I mean, mm. like we, we. So I, t- I don't remember who I told this to the other day, but it's like I don't believe you until you bleed for it. Mm-hmm. And it was like we had to bleed for that one. Mm-hmm. Mm. For sure. Um, let's talk about the six degrees of separation. I actually really like that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's kind of freeing. Well, I mean, I, I'll be honest. If you do two, <laughs> in a good if, way. if you go to two degrees of separation, there's nobody left. Right. Like we're gonna have to write all our own music. Right. Can't listen. Yeah. Can't sing hymns. Yeah. Can't right. do anything. Right. Mm. That's wise. So he says, our bottom line: we are firm in theology, flexible in methodology. Mm. Um, which, by the way, goes back to regulative principle. It's like there's things you don't change, mm-hmm. but how you do them does tend to change mm-hmm. like this is a microphone like people did not have microphones when when people started doing worship right, right. but obviously that we have those tools we're going to walk in them use them i think too like there's a misconception that if you go with faithful music it has to be boring true and i, and I don't think that's the case at all like i actually even jokingly have thought of like we sing a lot of city of light and city of light like if you see what they do on stage like they're just kind of like Hillsong with good theology. Like they, they don't look. I've never seen them. They don't look like, yeah. um, you know, they're just like in a drudgery. And I think that's the view people get. It's like, oh, you sing good theology, then it must be You're an, an organ and a drudgery to sing. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, no, like this mm-hmm. is, this is great music with great words, and we actually do a lot of different things musically with it. Not necessarily in student ministry, but in general. And I, mm-hmm. I love that. And they're Australian as well. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I think it was um, a couple of mornings ago I woke up with the song, and it was it was one. I, I didn't know why it was in my mind and my it's heart. Doxology. It was no, all creatures, all creatures of our God. Yeah. Uh, and so it was singing. I was singing to myself, he has defeated every sin. And um, and that's that's what my day started with. And like mm-hmm. I, I owed that to the time spent on um, that night in student ministry. And so it's like, you know, were there other students? You know, just think like faithful labor, like you don't Mm -hmm. really know like the application of that labor, but we can trust that God is faithful in that. Mm -hmm. And as we were singing that song uh, that night, one of the lyrics was, he shall return in power to reign. Heaven and earth will join to say, oh, praise him, alleluia. Then who shall fall on bended knee? All creatures of our God and King, 
Oh, mm-hmm. praise him. Oh, praise him. Hallelujah. So I, I text um, a good brother, oh. and I text him. I said, the question of then who shall fall on bended knee, I have no clue it is. had never struck me until last night as we sang. This paints a picture of his lordship over all creatures. They will all bend their knee, mm. yeah. everyone including every enemy. Mm. We mm. have the privilege in that moment to bow our knees willingly as he is our Savior and Lord King. Such a beautiful lyric that paints a powerful conquering of all his enemies, and in him we rejoice. And I said, for a long time I sang that absent the idea of literally every creature and every knee will bow until last night, and about got my shouts on. No, you did Come get on. your shouts on. You actually <laughs> made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. I was sitting yeah. literally. I noticed that. Yeah, he just. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, what's this? He, is, he, is he enjoying this? Or what? He was having, it looked like he having a stroke. seizure. I mean, I, is his stomach hurt? Yeah. yeah. Well, he got slain in the spirit. I know, right? It'll All happen. right. Bite down, bite down, bite down. Hey, All you right. said methodology. We can be flexible. So I can bring my tambourine, right? Bring it. Come on. Bring it. Rainbow tambourine. Golly, oh, goodness. Rainbow tambourine. All right. So Costi goes on to say anybody have any last thoughts on music? just think, and I've said this on other podcasts, we talked about expectations and how freeing it is. It's the same for, for me mm, in worship yeah. ministry. Mm. And to contrast off of you reading lyrics from All Creatures of Our God and King, we have so many songs that are rich in all this truth. Why would we sing something that's weak? Mm. Say it. Because mm. again, what we sing teaches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Um, great point. Uh, he he uses Costi uses a live Q and A with anonymous questions using a QR code, um, and and I think what we what we saw on Facebook and pictures were the small groups, mm-hmm. so specifically the audience as the identity would like to know how how do you break up what's being taught or accomplished, who gets to choose who leads. Um, the audience was looking at certain individuals paired with other individuals and they wanted to move them around, you know? So it's like, is it random number? Yeah. So it's the equivalent of in acts when they cast lots to to find the the deacons or no, it's to replace the, uh, Apostles. Apostle. I thought you might've consulted the human in the Thurman. Um, (laughs) No, I just literally, (laughs) you know what that is? I always love this. It's such, sorry, Blake. Go ahead. It's such a <laughs> uh, obscure uh, biblical reality mm-hmm. is that on the chest of Aaron mm-hmm. and the Ermin and the Thum, and I think that's, um, I, I don't know where my R's. And I think it's Uman and Thurman, right? And Thurman, is it? I always I get that. I don't remember. Anyways, they would consult it, and it would it would light up to give an answer. Yeah. Yeah. I could probably get something going <laughs> He's like got that. your Southern Seminary <laughs> sweatshirt on. <laughs> Different letters light up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'd literally just cut number off. I'd see how many we have and see how big I want the groups to be four or five and number off. And then I don't remember who I put in what group. And I just tell a group to go to a certain corner with an adult. And so I firmly believe, like, I don't want the groups to be the same ever. Um, and I don't want them to be at this point. And I don't want them to be with the same adult, like, on purpose. So I just kind of try to make it random um and then they discuss the same three questions there are really four questions every week julie said she was looking at it she goes oh 
so-and-so looks so sad. <laughs> That's not real. Right. <laughs> I feel like... <laughs> They're, just because they look most sad, middle schoolers not... just look sad all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then sweet sweet man was dressed for lumberjack church. Shaw was he's always he's dressed for them. lumberjack yeah. church. I feel like I'm, I'm enjoying the the rolled uh, beanie he's working on. <laughs> and, and if he takes it off, straight got creases all up in his True forehead. story. <laughs> <laughs> we see you. <laughs> You're not hiding from us. <laughs> Uh, what is like discussed in those groups? So once you break out into small groups, yeah. So I just decided on one set of questions, and it's like, what does this text teach us about God? Mm-hmm. What does this text text teach us about man? Is there four questions? There's four. The last one is how does it prompt us to pray? There's one more uh, that I don't. Is really... there a command to obey or sin to avoid? It's something like that. Uh, but what? It ends up with them praying for one another and or with one another, and I think that's helpful in building relationships. Why'd you look at me like that? It, it triggered me. That's Ooh. that's the normal. I know. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of the macro, mm, yeah. the macro theme of scripture. Yeah. And so, yeah. Anyways, there's a there's a methodology. It's called the sword method. What is this? And it's a command to obey and a sin to avoid. But what does it teach us about man? What does it teach us about? That's what it is. Yeah. 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 Nothing wrong with it. I'm just saying, like, sometimes we do well. (laughs) Why are you prompting me to speak on this? You were just, like, really uncomfortable over there. I just, I kind of cocked my head a little bit. (laughs) I used to use the seven arrows in discipleship about scripture. And it's like the up arrows, like, God, man. How does it change the way we interact with one another? Seven questions. Yeah. But so I kind of just pared that down to nice. three. Um Costi final uh comes to a conclusion. Finally <laughs> comes to a conclusion. <laughs> Edit that out. Come on, Costi. That was a mouth word. I can't even speak. <laughs> it was right a now. what? That was a mouth guys. word. I think all words are mouth words. What's that? What's that uh what's that saying? It was uh, a tongue, tongue twister? twister. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Golly. All right, here we go. I feel a little bit better about all my tongue twisters on Sunday mornings now. <laughs> <laughs> when? Do, what are you talking this about? This will live in perpetuity. Yes, it will. Do you ever get tongue tied on Sunday morning? Generally, that yeah. was literally. A mouthful. That was a mouthful. That was a mouthful. That, yeah, that was a mouth word. That was a mouth word. All right, shenanigans. Stop. Sorry. You started it. When it comes it. to ministry that targets the next generation of church members, we do well to think of the kind of people we are influencing them to be. Mm. Will they get the answers they need to be strong, mature, and faithful to the truth? Or will they be flighty, insecure, and immature? God is the one who causes the growth. He also uses your labor as a means to that end. I normally pause, gentlemen, because it's prompting you for your thoughts. Youth ministry normal normally, or it can, maybe the better way to say it, lead to deeper immaturity. Mm-hmm. That's a bad thing. Youth ministry should lead to deeper maturity. Mm-hmm. It's like if we're bringing people in for the sake of showing them that they're immature and that they're young, we're probably not doing a very good job, right? That the intent should be to grow them into the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ, the measures mm-hmm. that we use inside of Sunday morning or inside any adult inside of this congregation should be the measures that we use for young people who know the Lord as well, which is are they growing in knowledge of God? Are they growing in steadfast love? And are they growing in faithfulness? Like we don't get a bypass until we're, which what's the new age of adolescence? 26? 
I think it's 26. You're an wow. adolescent until you're 26. That's what the that's what the world essentially tells them. We should go back to looking at 13, 14, 15 year olds and tell them that they're adults and should start acting like mature hmm. Christians if they are. Right. Um, so I have a text to read, and it's from a uh, faithful member of our congregation who wanted to share their thoughts on their gratefulness. It says, I feel the need to share my gratefulness with you and the elders on being faithful to the saints of Mercy Hill. Uh, leading us through the strange times of 2020 and now 2021, I'm so thankful that you all have not wavered in walking faithfully to minister to us through the ordinary means of grace. I'm thankful my husband is surrounded by godly men. I'm thankful for all the ways that we as a congregation are being ministered to and equipped to raise our children to be godly men and women. The Lord is continuing to prepare and purify his people, and so I'm thankful for the steadfastness of, uh, steadfastness and faithfulness of my pastor and elders. I'm praying for you all. Be encouraged. Your labor is not in vain. Mm. That's such a blessing. Yeah. Mm. They go on to say, and this will be my verse to conclude us. So before I read this, any final thoughts? When are we doing a Q&A? I did like that idea. A Q&A for students? Yeah. We can do it. Originally, we talked about that we were going to do one like once every so often. You're the we master were all of Google Docs. Yeah, I mean, we can do one. It's a little late to do Don't one. Don't let now. me get near no, it. No, I wasn't suggesting doing one now. I was just, I, I, they're my favorite. You know this. That would be a good idea. I will also say it is a joy to do student ministry where you trust that the body is discipling their children mm. and you truly feel like you are coming alongside mm. them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a difference and you mm. can tell. You also do a very excellent job at it, by the way. Amen. Sorry. Blesses me. Compliment. Thanks. Yeah, so it's an open invitation to any students who are not involved. <laughs> please come. Uh, it's a joy. I think what you'll see is uh, an opportunity to be ministered to and also uh, to fellowship one with another mm. and enjoy each other's company. Mm. Um, and it's not just for the students here at Mercy Hill. It is for your friends. Uh, it is for anyone who would like to come and be here. You are invited. If you'd like more information on this, you can see Blake McCullough and Drew Thomas as they are leading this endeavor. And on our Facebook page, this is we like will, NPR. <laughs> on the Facebook page, we will post the uh, season calendar so mm-hmm. as students and families can understand the overall overarching macro calendar, what mm-hmm. you can come to expect in 2021. And with that, gentlemen, I have a Bible verse. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, Mm. be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. And that is 2 Timothy 4, 1-5. through 5. So I'd like to thank my fellow elders, Lawson Harlow, Blake McCullough, especially thank Drew Thomas, our faithful Mercy Hill worship leader, for the time spent today. And in honor of all those that wanted just a serious episode, we dedicate this to you my brothers and my friends. Godspeed.
This episode was edited and produced by PB&J Production. If you would like to kill it podcasting, please email at peanutbeejellyproduction at gmail.com.